Hello and welcome to the Personal Development School podcast. I'm your host, Thais Gibson, and I create regular podcast episodes to teach you about your relationships, attachment style, and the subconscious mind. My goal of this podcast is to give you tools and awareness you need to thrive in your relationships, feel deeply connected, and find harmony and fulfillment in your relationships and personal life. So I hope you tune in here with me each and every week. want to talk to you a little bit about common fearful avoidant expectations in relationships that can really put harm and stress on the relationship if you're not careful. And also this really important principle we're going to talk about in this video today about how to take those expectations and translate them into needs because behind every expectation there's a need and then how to negotiate about those needs in healthy ways because sometimes the need is rooted in an expectation or sometimes I guess the expectation itself really is is not necessarily realistic for what somebody can provide. So the example, and the first one I'll tell you is um, no lying ever in a relationship. So when that becomes an expectation I have of you, right? Let's pretend I'm in a relationship with you and that's the expectation I have. Well, then what takes place is the moment you lie. Maybe you say you like something I'm wearing and you don't or whatever it is. Um, Even if it's just this like really innocent white lie because you're afraid of hurting my feelings or, you know, these, these very natural things that human beings do in relationships, Um, you know, the fearful avoidant gives that meaning as does every other attachment style in relationship to their expectations. So when an AP, for example, believes, you know, or expects that um, you should always be here to soothe me when I feel afraid, right? you know, that's, that's not realistic. You know, we want to really support a partner who really shows up, but sometimes that partner's doesn't have their phone on them or, you know, fell asleep too early or, you know, just different things um, or is going through something themselves or whatever it might be. And so those expectations end up harming our relationship. So in this case, expectation number one for FAs is no lying ever. And that actually can create a lot of harm to relationships simply because of the fact that, um, people will, will during the long extent of a relationship often white lie sometimes. And what needs to happen is we need to take that, we need to communicate and then negotiate. So if I were to catch you, my my potential, my fake partner in this, this uh, theory, um, theoretical situation, I'm lying, I would say, hey, you know, I noticed a big incongruency there and, and it feels like that might've been dishonest. And honesty is really important to me in relationships because trust is probably one of the biggest things that I value. And so I would love for you to give me context and clarity. And I won't be angry at you if you told a white lie, but I would really appreciate if you can be open and honest with me. And I may continue to express consistently how important honesty is to me. Now, it doesn't mean be with somebody who lies all the time. That's not what I'm saying, right? Like if you were to see that happen consistently, that may just be a deal breaker, right? For, for somebody, especially an FA in a relationship. And, and that would be appropriate. But if it's a one-off, sometimes I'll see fearful avoidance literally in, in the history of working with many, many fearful avoidance. Sometimes I'll see the fearful avoidance catch somebody lying and rather than discussing it, communicating it and negotiating, saying like, look, I need you to be honest. I want context. I want transparency around that. And I want to understand why you were dishonest. Like, were you afraid of hurting my feelings? What's going on? Help me understand. So I'm not taking this. So, so, you know, personally and fearing that I can't trust you going forward. You know, if, if we can't have those conversations then instead, um, your avoidance can cut loose, right? They just leave a relationship. They see something you don't like, it feels unsafe. They go. And so, 
this is one really clear example, hopefully, for um, when we need to communicate about something and negotiate, especially if it's a really healthy relationship overall. Like I'm specifically saying, if this is a really healthy relationship, it's a one-off, you've never really caught the person lying before. This is when we need to put the investment of time in and vulnerability in to communicate and negotiate to sort of move the needle going forward. So that's a big one. Um, number two, um, the that their romantic partner should be as giving as they are. Now, sometimes we have other really giving people FAs are in relationships with, and sometimes we see that FAs are attracted to people who are a little less giving. But fearful avoidance tend to give a little bit from the perspective of contribution, and they also give a little bit from the perspective of trying to earn their worth so they can avoid abandonment. And it's a very common theme for fearful avoidance. And so what I'll often see out of that is the importance of being able to give um, from a place specifically of um, truth, right? If I, if I give to you, for example, um, you know, $5 when I have $10 in my bank account and I don't know how I'm going to pay my, my rent the next month, right? Versus if I give from a place of having a lot of financial abundance and I give $5, I might feel like, wow, I'm, I'm happy I could contribute to that person. And that was very easy for me to do. Um, and so when we give from a place of lack, we generate resentment. And when we give from a place of truth and abundance, you know, an area that we are already abundant in, um, we generate connection. And so when you see this um, in this specific situation, like when you're giving from your emotional bandwidth that only has as much left and you haven't given to yourself, and then you're there for everybody else, eventually you're gonna develop resentment. If you give from your emotional bandwidth where you're pouring into it all throughout the day, you've got healthy habits, you're receiving love and care from others as well, um, then you give from this place of, wow, it feels so good to give and to connect. So um, anyways, so the whole point being that um, when you have this idea that um, this expectation, like people should be as giving as I am without me communicating, you know, like we have to communicate and then negotiate. So if you don't feel like somebody's exchanging with you in a healthy way, communicate state what you need to feel like you can receive what you're needing from them. Is it more um, emotional support? Is it to split bills going back and forth more often if you're going out for dates? Is it to like, what is it for you that you need and communicate and then negotiate about it, right? Maybe you say, look, I need you to check in with me more. Ask me how I'm doing. Be more present with me. Be more emotionally available with me. And hopefully the person says, okay, great. I can do that. What does that look like? Can you talk it out and you're clear? And then you see the person invest. Now, if somebody never does invest when you communicate and it's a huge thing for you, you don't have to stay in a relationship that's not working. But um, generally I see the vast, vast majority of these situations when we actually communicate and negotiate about our needs work out, you know, way more than people would expect. Um, but I think a big real issue is that people don't know how to communicate about these things. And so they expect them. And then we go like this, we punish our own selves with our own expectations. So we go, my partner should be as giving as I am. And then they're not. And then we go, I'm unloved. I'm not worthy. That's why I'm nobody cares about me. Nobody's there for me. We storytell around it and we suffer accordingly. Um, next one is, um, I should always have my partner respect my need for independence. And it's interesting because FAs operate in polarity. So they really want deep connection, but they really want to maintain their independence. And that can be confusing for the vast majority of people. And so again, uh, you know, when, when somebody expects you to be there and then you're not, 
It may also partially be because you're conditioning to them to think that you're always going to be there because maybe historically you have been. And that's where we communicate and negotiate. We say, look, I know I've been here a lot. I know I've been really available, but I need my own time to recharge too sometimes. And I may, you know, really need to take this weekend to myself. We communicate, we negotiate. Maybe the person says, the whole weekend's too long. Can I see you Sunday morning for brunch? Okay, cool, right? So communicate, negotiate. Um, my partner should always be able to read what's on my mind. Really common one for fearful avoidance because they tend to be really skilled at that themselves. By the way, before I tell you the last part of this here, um, if you want to check out, we have all these courses that are about each attachment style with each other. And we talk about needs and expectations and pain points and, and core wounds that will come up. And we talk about all these different uh, potential challenges you'll run into throughout all these different stages of, of the relationship and exactly what you need as each attachment style, FA with an AP, FA with a DA, DA with an AP. Um, and you can check them all out for free for seven days using the link below. And we talk about exactly what to do, how to move through different challenges, how to show up differently. And that link also gives you access to all of our other courses for seven days. It gives you access to um, four live calls I do every single week with our students. And it gives you access to our daily community events where you can connect with all these like-minded people who are working on themselves. So you can check that out at any time you want down below. Um, and what I will continue on with saying is fearful avoidance tends to be so great at reading between the lines. Hypervigilance hyper is their attachment strategy. Um, and so um, they tend to, we all project from our perception, right? So they tend to sort of expect like, oh, well, I can sort of see what you're needing. Why can't you see mine? And that is such a painful thing for fearful avoidance to go through because they usually equate that to not being cared about or loved. And instead, what they need to practice in substitution there is vulnerability, openness, communication, and to show up according to that because that is what creates healing in relationships long-term. So um, that is basically it for today. I hope this makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for watching and for being here. Please like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already, and I will see you in the next video.